You know what? Funny you say that because I got in a similar situation. I had to do some digging. I found some shit, bro. I got to put you on. Please do. It's called Manscaped. And Manscaped gave us a code that I want you to use. You can get 20% off, bro. Get out of here. And y'all too. Wrap in order 20. You use that. You go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off your order. Wow. She is going to be so happy. And, you know, she won't have no hair on her teeth. And you're bold to thank you. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. Today, guys, well, before we do that, I realize we, we always get into these albums and we don't talk about how each other's doing. Like, how are you today? I break bread, ribs, pills. <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. I feel great, man. Um, I'm tired of this fucking weather. It's sus. Omarion is in the atmosphere, right? Yeah, yo. I'm fucking terrified of this shit, yo, man. Every, I don't know what to do. Every sports team that I see on the news right now has it. The whole LA Rams team has it. The whole Chicago Bulls has it. Yeah. All of the Brooklyn Nets have it. James Harden gave it to everybody. We, everybody but Kevin Durant got it. We never going back outside. Like, we was really close this time. Yeah, we was close. We was really then, close to taking these masks off and getting back to normal. I felt it. And then Amarion came through dancing, pop-locking, and sliding. With the red, with the red coat? Yeah, <laughs> the red coat. The, yeah, and, and he just messed everybody up, man. I, I genuinely, um, I'm very, I'm very, very, very scared of it. Uh, like, you keep hearing, like, oh, man. Like, once you start hearing athletes getting that shit, and these these some, some of the, the, the peak <laughs> the peak humans. Yeah, but, athletes, <laughs> but athletes be out here walling when they're not on the court, though. So, they do, yeah. but I'm just saying, I just feel like they, they should have the, the, the genetics, the, their body should be yeah, able to I fight see what this you're shit saying. off. I see what you're saying. Yeah, LeBron not getting this shit. Yeah. Ain't no I feel way. Like, I, feel like, uh, I feel like LeBron, like he got that shit for a day. <laughs> and and that, made, he, that million dollars kicked in that he put into yeah, his body. Yeah, they put him in that fucking chamber. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yo, just stay there. They put there him in his like, Goku chamber, yeah. yeah. just stay there for like three hours. They you got good. him out that shit. Only LeBron and Terrell Owens got that chamber. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but today, we're going to get into HNIC. HNIC is the official debut album from Prodigy. It was released in November of 2000. And uh, I know originally it was supposed to come out in September of that year, but it got pushed back, had some delays, but it finally came out. I think it went gold. Right. Um, official production, of course, from Havoc. You had Bank on there. He had Rockwaller, Just Blaze, Rick Rude, uh, The Alchemist, of course. Yes. Um, but he had he led with the single "Keep It Thorough," of which course. really I, took off for him. That, right? There was no there was no other option but for that song to be the lead single. Yeah, and and it's not your typical single, especially for two thousands around the two thousand time. Like he came out with a song that didn't have a hook. 
And I think it did have a hook officially, but they decided not to go with it because this one took off. Right. Um, I'm going to tell you what I remember about this. So at this time, I had I had a, a my friend, his name was Kevin. He was one of my best friends. And he had an older brother, and his older brother's name was Reg. Hmm. Well, Reggie. We always call him Reggie. So he was a big-ass Havoc fan. And that year, the source named him Lyricist of the Year. Um, so he they had... Named- they Havoc named, I, mean, I mean, Prodigy. I'm oh, so okay. sorry, y'all. Okay. They named Prodigy um, mm-hmm. Lyricist of the Year. And he had, he bought multiple source magazines to rip, take the take the page out to put Prodigy up as Lyricist of the Year. Mm-hmm. And he hated Jay-Z. And I was, and me and Kev. With good reason if you're a Prodigy fan. Yeah, and me and Kev were avid Jay-Z fans. So it used to be, it used to crack us up. How angry he would get, so he would just play Mad Prodigy, like Mad Bob Deep, Mad Prodigy, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, how the fuck did Prodigy get named Lyricist of the Year? Because remember, at this time, I'm like, I'm 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 13, 14 years old, ladies and gentlemen, right? So I wasn't, I didn't have adult ears, so a lot of the things that Prodigy rapped about, I couldn't, I didn't understand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that, like, now I understand. I'm just saying back then. So we would have arguments, and I'll be telling him like, "But Jay Z called him Twinkle Toes, like all that shit." Yeah, yeah. And we would just be going back and forth, and then it got to a point where Rez just started beating us up, <laughs> like for real. He just would get mad. It's like, yo, y'all just gonna shut up? Yeah, yeah, for real. Like he would just start beating our ass. So like it just it came to a point. But I remember that, and as I got older, like I always had it in my head, like, all right. Reggie is somebody that I look up to and like I admire, but I just I don't understand this prodigy thing. So I mm-hmm. always had it in my head that okay, this dude who's older than me is telling me that Prodigy is one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah, yeah. So then as I got older, and you know how you get older, you can revisit certain projects, and it's weird because I'm Mr. Oldhead, but like I just couldn't I couldn't grasp Prodigy. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. As I got older, like I understood it. So I was actually really happy to revisit this album because it brought back fond memories mm-hmm. of. Being at my boy Kev's house and his older brother Reggie beating us up, telling us that Prodigy's the greatest. Um, so my my brother was a huge Prodigy fan because he was a he was a huge Mob Deep fan, and I just remember how he used to talk about Prodigy and how, you know, how specific he was with his lyrics and like how dark his content was. So it kind of just used to go over my head. But H and I C came out at a time where I was like hip hop was like at its like it was at its peak. peak yeah, ninety thousand. Right, ninety eight was the highest selling year yeah. for rap for music period for the music business, mm-hmm. the highest grossing like selling year for music. Um, rap artists were getting deals that were astronomical, and it was time for Prodigy to put out a solo project. Yeah, so, yeah. and and hip hop became just a lot more flashy in the two thousands, like with mm-hmm. style, with lyrics, and everything like that. But Prodigy was able to take some of those elements from, of course, his Mob Deep days, and then. Make it, you know, make it fit in those flashier times. Mm-hmm. So it was a standout at, at that time. So um, interesting that we go back to this because uh, I did have a change of heart a little bit. I haven't, to be honest, heard this album since the early two thousands. So Same. I was like, yeah, when you it's recommended not on streaming this, services. it's not on streaming services. It's kind of like a forgot. It's not. A, I won't say a forgotten gem because a lot of people still know about it, and a lot of hip hop purists really fuck with this album. But yeah, it doesn't come up in conversation like that. Yeah, it's it's very it's very odd too because um, Alchemist kind of like like this is the album that kind of made Alchemist a household name. Yeah, this is kind of the album it that is. like made people 
know who Alchemist is and like want to like work with him and mm-hmm. like seek him out because of what he did with, with Prodigy on his project. Yeah. This you gotta think about it. Havoc is is Prodigy's partner. Mm-hmm. And like they said that when when Havoc heard Alchemist's production, like he like he like really like got to work. Like, you know, he they like they respected each other and Alchemist pretty much credits Havoc with a lot of his influence. Yeah. But Havoc has so much respect for Alchemist, like he never he he never ever like lets people say that to him. Mm-hmm. People be like, "Yo, you influenced Alchemist." Like he's like, "Nah, we equal." Yeah, like, and that's, Al- that's Alchemist on such a run because I'm looking at the dates now. Um, this album came out in November of 2000. Jadakiss album came out in August of 2001, and mm-hmm. he had "We Gonna Make It" on that album. Yes, which so that's like two less than a year later, like two iconic beats. For two separate albums, right? And isn't Alchemist like related to uh, like a like a Hollywood actor? Like, isn't he like the, the, the that that sounds familiar? Yeah, I'm about to look that up. Yeah, that sounds familiar. While you look that up, um, so this album, this album, you know, if it's the times of being one of the one of the lengthier albums from that from that time frame, it's 22 tracks. Um, it's not big on features. Of course, you got Havoc on here. You got Nori on here that I, I really enjoyed. Um, and then he has some other names on here that people might not recognize, but he got Cormega. Mm-hmm. Cormega joint is really dope, really interesting for a lot of different reasons that we'll get into. Um, he got, and then he got some skits because skits were really big in, 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 in this time frame of hip hop. But, uh, but the album kicks off with, uh, Bars and Hooks. Yes. Bars and Hooks features Bars and Hooks and it's, uh, it's produced by Prodigy himself. Um, it's a good lead into the album. He's like, you know, saying what we can expect, right? Yo, um, <laughs> the way he opens this up, right? Like he's like he's like it, the way he opened up the album. Like this just lets you know what kind of time he's on because mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much giving you what uh, it's giving you kind of like a, a another another intro, like a deep a uh, uh, a more intricate look into his world of Queensbridge, yeah. right? Or what I would imagine. And he, and at that time, like giving, like cutting people in their face and carrying raisins in your mouth was a big deal. Mm-hmm. That was like a huge thing. Like I was terrified of that happening to me actually. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like putting that in the song, like in the intro, like saying like, yo, get your raises out. <laughs> like, this is his, this is his like big body bez. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Big Body Best probably listens to a lot of products. Yeah, yeah. This is his Big Body Best. Like Big Body Best will definitely open an album like this yes. for, for for Bronson. I think so. Like that's yeah. why I'm just like, yo, like this is nuts. And apparently like that like they like they were his artists. Yeah, yeah. And like nothing came of it mm-hmm. or whatever like that. Like I for, I forget the story, but But you see like the the tipping point of it. Did you read you Okay. Have... So hold on. So Alchemist, um, he was born in Beverly Hills, California. As a teenager, he began to identify strongly with rebellious lyrics and urban sounds of hip-hop and began writing his own lyrics. He's joining up... Okay, so he's not related to them, but he's friends with Scott Kahn, James Kahn's son. Um, son. Oh, James okay. Kahn is Sonny from The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. And he's also the father in uh, in um, The Elf. Well, Got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. basically, they started a, a, rock, a, a rap group together. And that's what it's like. So he's best friends with Scott Kahn. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the album officially kicks off music-wise with Genesis. Mm-hmm. Genesis is produced by Prodigy. Um, a lot of people don't talk about Prodigy's production. 
Right. I think they don't talk about his production because Havoc was his partner. Yeah, but that exactly. was like the, that was the duality that him and Havoc had. Havoc was a, a extraordinary producer that can hold his own with a lyricist like Prodigy, mm-hmm. and Prodigy was an extraordinary lyricist that can actually get behind the boards and make some pretty good production. Yeah. So I think that like it was like they both like helped each other out, but like they didn't they don't get recognized for the other thing that they can do. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to say this at this time, him and Nas were not on good terms. And that's why Nas does not appear on this album, and the, and him naming this song yes, the Genesis the, also was a shot. Yeah, um, Stillmatic came out a year later, mm-hmm. in in September, so uh, that's when he officially dissed Prodigy, on um on Stillmatic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like Prodigy's like, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's when that's when not because Nas was on a little hiatus. Nas was blacking on everybody. Yeah. Bro. He he popped back up and he just. For step, blood. Yo, step your game up. Mm-hmm. Yo, yeah. Nori, step your game Like, everybody. Yeah. Everybody had to step their game up. H to the Izzo, M to the Izzo. I remember that freestyle. That came out <laughs> first before the album came out. Yes, and everybody it was did. like, okay, all right. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, all right, so Drive Through Skit is next, which we can kind of, we can skip over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we got Rock That Shit. Rock That Shit. It's produced by Bink, and I love Bink, but I hate this song. Yeah, it's like a um, le- you don't need it. It's a um, it's kind of a leftover from like I mean, it gives you quiet, it gives you elements of Quiet Storm, which we already have and we love, mm-hmm. and the chorus kind of builds from Quiet Storm, and I, I don't like that about it. Right, so it's a throwaway. I already said this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Prodigy has a mon- like it's not I can't I don't know what it's called for the tone of his voice. But he doesn't change the, the tone of his voice. And mm-hmm. he doesn't have like a uh he doesn't have a voice that you kinda like I don't like I don't wanna say don't enjoy listening to. Like it's not engaging enough for yeah. you. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't it doesn't engage you. So while you're listening to this album, you can kinda get lost if you're not if you're not focusing. Like, let's say if you have like A D D and you're doing something while listening to this album, I don't feel like you'll get the full impact because like his, his lyricism is there. Mm-hmm. But or like on certain songs, like if the production doesn't grab me, then I'm not gonna listen to what he got to say. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks because like when I was going back listening to the album, there there's a message and something that he's saying in every track. But like like Red said, this is early. Like you know, this is early Bank, and, and maybe I don't know. Maybe that was Jay Z doing another shot. Like yo, I'm gonna get Bank and show you what the fuck to do with this dude. <laughs> yeah, you know. I could see I could see Hov saying that. Like yo, he using them wrong. Yeah. Um, but. It, it I, I do get that because in a lot of ways I think that's where Alchemist thrives because he works with people like this and when you see his work now with Boldy James and how they have this chemistry I think for him he kind of recognizes the type of voice and the kind of movement that he had with Prodigy mm-hmm. and he not necessarily trying to recreate that but like that's where he thrives with his production because he knows people that rap with like that type of monotone thing right. like his production because, shines with that right. and it and it goes so well with it right because you got to think about it like uh boldly boldly and and prodigy like their their voices don't cut through the beat mm-hmm. so that means like like things got like their vocals got to be made higher yeah you know like I, i'm learning i'm learning about about vocals and, and everything y'all so like they like Alchemist has to like pretty much engineer as they're they're yeah yeah laying down their their um their verses. So mm-hmm. that's very that's very interesting for you to say that, and that's yeah. very true. Like by the you time said that. and by the time people hear this, Boldy got a new album out. 
<laughs> this Friday. Okay. Uh, that I can't wait for. It's gonna be fire. But next song that we that we get into is "What You Rep" and it features Nori and is produced by Hangman Three. I love. I lo- I really like this song. Um, I like the energy of it. I like hearing Nori on this because he's so far removed from this now. Like he, not necessarily far removed, but we just don't get Nori on track no more. He's extremely far removed from that shit. Like I don't even think, I don't even think Nori will kill anybody anymore. Well, yeah, that's I absolutely true. believe Nori will kill somebody back in the day. In that way, and like about the action, yes, he's removed from it. But like from getting records like this. I think he is gone. Yeah, and, and that's okay because that he's just being authentic to himself. Mm-hmm. But growing he's in up, his forties, yeah. like he's you know he lives he's in married. Miami. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He said it like he like you know on Alicia Keys interview he said when he comes in New York he rides around and wants to hit Empire State of Mind. I feel like Nori would never say no shit like that. Yeah, in nah, nah. I also think that's just fluff. He's not saying that shit. Yeah. He not fucking listening to Empire State of Mind. <laughs> he might be listening to L A L A right. <laughs> Word. Um, but the next song goes without saying, Keep It Thorough. Keep It Thorough is produced by The Alchemist. We could do the, whole the episode hardest on, on, fucking yeah. this beat. Yeah, we could. We, we really could. We could do an episode on this on this production. On this song alone. This Apparently, this beat made Havoc feel like he had to step his shit up. And that's no disrespect to have Havoc said it out of his own mouth mm-hmm. that, you know, Alk was, came and he was very humble and, and told him, like, yo, you influenced me, this and that. And, like, Havoc is looking at him like, motherfucker, do you just hear what you did? Like, it's not about, <laughs> it, it, like, I ain't influenced this nigga. Like, this is some unique shit. Yeah, no, this shit, this shit this is was, like top shelf authentic. Like, it's, I, you never, I never heard a beat like this before it or after it. Yeah. What like, this did, is authentic. Well, he, like, he kind of like made the beat, how do I say it? To me, it's, it, it comes off like he made the beat like it's, it's a, uh, like a like like peach it should say featuring the 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 sample because the sample on the track what's the sample for this track the again? sample is uh Jack Mayborn's Disco People okay so he sh- like Jack Mayborn should should get a credit like, I know he yeah. gets credit but like he should have been named like like mm-hmm. how how Otis Redding is is Otis is, yeah is, yeah is listed as a feature on mm-hmm. the song Otis mm-hmm. like he like really I would I want to I wish like obviously we can't. God bless that. I wish that we could get a project to perform this with a live band. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be beautiful. Amazing. That would be um, so beautiful. I, and it's crazy because you got to think like this was such an on, on, like radio loved this song so much it had no hook. It, it mm-hmm. like defied all of the 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 rules of what radio does. Right? Yeah. And then on top of that, like whenever like you hear like DJs talking. On Hot 97, this is one of the beats that they play yes, in the background. Yes, yeah, it all is. All the time. It just, is. Just in the background playing mm-hmm. while they talking and shit like that. Like, this is such an excellent beat. It's and, and his lyrics, like, everything is so menacing. Like, it's just, it's fucking perfect. Like, it's a perfect hip-hop song. I break bread, ribs, $100 bills. Like, he just, yeah. like, how you list that that's off? One of, that's one of the, that, <laughs> I think that's one of the, the best openers to a rap song. Yeah, everything he says is so, like... Everything he says is so chaotic. Like I throw a TV at you, crazy. Like what? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> I, think, I think that's what uh, what, what Jada kids got throwing a refrigerator out the window at Puff. Yeah, you gangster, shoot me. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what? what? No, nah, I think I'm not going to invite that into my life. That's crazy. You just a groupie, or oh, you a gangster? Then shoot me. Like word, nigga. <laughs> yeah. I just think that that's this next song, level active. Keep it, keep it thorough. All right. So this is my thing. Keep it thorough. Solidified because 
Keep It Thorough is what solidified Prodigy as one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And I think this song single-handedly is what won him the lyricist of the year. And I think actually, if I'm not mistaken, he's the last relevant lyricist of the year winner at the mm-hmm. source. Because, you know, the source started like, everything started like just getting watered down at the source. Mm-hmm. I think that like he's the like the the most, the last relevant winner of that award. Yeah. Like this, this because, all right, I'll give you an example, right? People, people always say that Andre 3000 like is in their top five. And people, people's people's argument to to that is that Andre 3000 is a group and he doesn't have a solo album. Mm-hmm. This is, but I think that for Prodigy, this is what allowed people to be able to say that Prodigy is one of the greatest rappers of all time, because he has this, he has a, a decent solo career, and he has his signature song "Keep It Thorough." Yeah. And like, he was just he he was just so casually dark with the things that he would say. Mm-hmm. Like um when he says, uh, who gives a fuck really? I miss my nigga twin, kill me, so I can join the rest of my forces up in the heavens. Like that's so casual and just yeah. really dark. Like he that's just so he really, said, Yo, so, kill me so I can go yeah. see my man's. That, but that's the crazy shit that like you you hear like niggas in the projects say like you like I, it just makes me think about back at that time when you would just see niggas in the projects and they would have like a Hennessy in a brown bag, mm-hmm. and they just outside like smoking blunts and shit like that, mm-hmm. chain smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. with they fucking big ass jeans on and Tims with they big jackets, and they just out there just talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Like it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, this is very accurate, and I think this is why like Prodigy was very 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 beloved. Mind you, Prodigy is like five five. Yeah, <laughs> Prodigy is a very small man. He was, stature, a, he was a short guy, but yeah. like his lyric, like the lyricism that he gave, like it spoke for like a lot of niggas in the street, because basically, you know, a lot of people say that like you know Nas was the, was the one who depicted the stories from the, mm-hmm. from his window, but Prodigy was in, like in it. Even though like some people like argue that like there's a whole bunch of debunking, but I'm just I'm not getting into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into what Prodigy was representing, what Prodigy gave. So. That's what the lyricism that he gave. Like yeah. He, he was in the mix. Yeah. Um, that takes us into Can't Complain. Can't Complain features Chinky and Big Twins. It's produced by Prodigy. I really fuck with this song as well because it has this classic mob deep feel. And I was very, I was really impressed that he was able to capture that on his own and with his own production. Um. Yeah, I think that uh, on this song... Okay. So on this song... That's something that like I, like for me like it's kind of like the the issue for me right because it's his solo it's his solo album mm-hmm. but basically some people probably love it because they're just like oh like this is you know it just, but to me this just feels like a mob deep album and havoc just didn't rap as much yeah 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 well cer- certain parts of it feel, definitely feel like that and um and then even the ones that Havoc produced, like for sure, like there's joints on here Havoc produced that he's not even on, mm-hmm. that feel like he's gonna come in and rap on. Yeah. But um, this one just felt like the mob feel, and I guess that's what I was saying, like how I feel. I mean, there's no comparison to the groups, but that's how I felt with uh, with Clips, where like years later I'll hear pushing, I'll still be like, you still sound kind of off by yourself. Right. Like it still feel like you should be with somebody. Right, I get um, what you're saying. Yeah, so like I think I kind of got that on here too, so I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go into the next one, Infamous Minded. 
Infamous Minded is produced by Robert Shem Kirkland. Shem um, Kirkland. Yeah, Infamous Minded. And it features Big Noid. How we feel? Uh, like, uh, <sighs> I start, like, I, the album started losing me. Yeah. So I'll be honest with you, right? So I don't like this beat at all. Once, once we go from Infamous Minded, right, I'm not back in it until H&IC. Oh, shit. That's a big gap. Yeah. Because Infamous Minded is what? That's number eight? Yeah. And then number 13. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like the rest of the songs. Where like, you on like? Okay, we'll get to that. All right, we can. Um. So. So yeah. So we'll get to wanna be thugs. Wanna be thugs. It's produced by Havoc, and it features Havoc. It's some good. This some. This is that mob feel. Like this is like a a mob deep outtake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, and like I said, like I, it starts like losing me. Like, it's hard to. Is it like all right? Put it like this: If if Lashawn was on this episode, Lashawn was a mob deep fan. He would be yelling at me because he's like, "You're not giving me an explanation why you don't like this shit." Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I don't like it, but it's just like I I lose interest. Like I don't. It doesn't keep yeah. my attention, and I just go to the next song. Yeah, yeah. I like "Wanna Be Thugs." I think um, I think Nori should have been on this. It just makes sense. It's called "Wanna Be Thugs." The energy of it, the beat. It sounds like Nori should have been on this. Nori probably would have brought too much energy. That's that's another thing. Like they have like that monotone, listen to what I say energy. Mm. So it's just like, and Nori always comes on. Like you wanna know what's funny? I bet you a lot of people feel like Nori outrapped other rappers because of the energy that he brings. Mm-hmm. And like Prodigy is like very much like straight face. Take me seriously. I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yeah, yeah. But I like shit. I like that duality though. I, I do like that. Because, like, in, in groups, you kind of need that. And in features, you need that. Mm. You need somebody that's, like, balanced and, like, chill than a rowdy nigga to, like, turn shit up. So so you get both sides. You hear all angles of different personalities. That's true. Um, but uh, three follows that, and it features Cormega, and it's produced by The Alchemist. This joint is hard. Okay. The production on it is hard. Mm-hmm. I always love a Cormega verse. Yeah. I always love a Cormega verse. I... I so it's so it's funny because Met Cormega and um and Nas weren't necessarily good at this time. Were no, they? they weren't. No. Yeah. So they weren't good at this time. Prodigy was working with Cormega, and then a year later, Stillmatic came out, and yeah. Yeah. Nas was mad at all them niggas. And he yeah, was like, yeah. Fuck everybody. He was just stewing because yeah. because Nas was still quiet at this time. Yeah, he was. Um, but you remember, like, Nas was taking care of stuff because his mom was, wasn't doing well. Oh, yeah, Miss Jones. Yeah. So his mom was ill at this time, so Nas was taking care of that stuff and just kind of laying low. Because mm. he wasn't, like, people say he was quiet, but you got to remember, like, the, the album that came out in 99 was Nostradamus. Oh, yeah. And then he put out Stillmatic in 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, a lot of people say Nas was quiet, and Nas wasn't quiet. I guess people just say, people say Nas was quiet because, um... We didn't hear from him until when the take takeover came out early. Takeover came out um like summer of two thousand and one. Yeah. So it, it and it came it came out in like I want to say like July. Summer okay. June was um was right before Labor Day weekend, right? So it was like end of August. So so summer gym was end of August, beginning of September. I believe it's end of August because it always ends off the summer, right? 
Takeover came out that July, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Right? And it wasn't the whole version. It was two, it was yeah. two verses. Yeah, yeah. So it's just funny because back then, people always took their time with projects. Mm-hmm. But what happened is, is the thing that changed is that Jay-Z started putting out albums every year. Yeah. And then, like, so it started getting sped up. But if you really think about it, most artists would take two or three years to make an album. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like... People were saying he was quiet because Jay Z was putting out so much music. Mm-hmm. Like you, like Jay Z didn't give you a chance. Like if you didn't like something from Jay Z, he didn't give you a chance to d- dwell on it. And yeah. Because remember, a year later he was back. Right, he put out Volume One. Niggas didn't like it. He put out Streets is watching. Yeah. And then put out Volume Two, which is insane. Niggas was dro- He was dropping an album every year yeah. from '96. Yeah. To 2003. Dropping an album every year, making sure there was a summer banger. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was always something like that he did. So it was just, it was just the consistency. Yeah. But like, that's why I say, like, when everybody always tells that story, like, Nas wasn't doing that. And I'm like, Nasha Thomas came out in 99. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 2001, Still Mad It came out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess I kind of just got used to saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, dealt, dealt with the bullshit. It features Havoc. It's produced by Havoc. It's yeah. some more classic mob. Yeah, it's more classic Mob Deep, and I felt like I heard it already. Yeah, this could have been this could have been on murder music. Yeah, for sure. Like, I hate this. Um, I hate this. I feel like I'm gonna be called the hater. Trial, Trials of Love features uh, B K D E U. Am I saying that right? It's B K. I got B K A K A Ms. Bars. Ms. Bars, yes. So and it's produced by the Alchemist. If I'm not mistaken, Ms. Bars is in the battle rap scene. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, and I don't, I don't know any. I don't think she's been on anyone else's album besides Prodigy. Yeah, um, it was cool. I mean, I like this beat a lot. I, I like, like, I like the beat. I like Prodigy in this zone because, like, um, you know, you got a piece of this with uh, with Hey Love. Yeah. With with Havoc and One Twelve. Ah oh, man. Yeah. That just took me back. When you was in school, did you write the letters with like uh, you would like say what period you was in and what time of the day it was? Yes. And all that shit. Yeah, and then, yeah, and yeah. Then you would write the song. Yeah. 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 A girl wrote me that and said, "Hey, love" was the song she was thinking of. Like, oh, word. Cool. Yeah, man. That's fire. Yeah, man. Shout out to Didi. What's up? Hey, Didi. I hope you are well out there. <laughs> Didi probably married now. Didi does have a baby. Oh, that's nice. Didi does have a baby. Look at yeah. that. All right. Well, H and I C. This is for you. Yes. I enjoy like this is the title track, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just love like, title tracks. They're important. Yeah, they're important, and um, I like it because he was just explaining why he's the H and I C on this track, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's pretty dope to me. I just I enjoyed it, and um, I wish, I wish that Prodigy was more. I wish that he was more outspoken. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I just wish that he was more outspoken. And this is something that I just think that because of the, the kind of person that he was. It's just that, like, you know, because he's very, like, like low-key. Like, he's always, like, observing everything that's mm-hmm. going on around him. Mm-hmm. He's very paranoid. We know he's a conspiracy theorist, and, like, he's always watching people wonder, wondering what their alternative motives are. Mm-hmm. Um, his interviews, like, he gives interviews and stuff like that, but, like, his interviews aren't very... Uh, they, they don't have... They that. aren't, like, that insightful. Yeah, yeah. right, because he's very guarded. Mm-hmm. So I always wish that... Uh, a lot of people don't know this. Originally, my, like Puffy was trying to sign Mob Deep very, very heavily when they mm. first came. When they first, first came out, he shot the video for Survival of the Fittest. Oh, yeah. I know that part. So I yeah. have a huge, humongous theory that a Mob Deep signed to Bad Boy, that their status would be... Like, I, I still feel like they would have got the music that, they, that we have, mm-hmm. 
right? I, obviously, it wouldn't be identical, right? Because Puff would have his influence, but it probably would have given um, Havoc more free reign to do certain things. I feel that Mob Beat would be a bigger group. I feel like if they signed a bad boy, Mob Beat would be the biggest group of hip hop. Yeah. How'd you feel about, well, on that subject, how'd you feel about Mob Deep to run with, uh, with G Unit? It was cool. Um, I, I liked it because I, um, according to Prodigy, that was the most money that he's ever made. Mm. Um, so like they got their just do with that and they, and they finally got to like, uh, you know, like reap the benefits of like the work that they put in the hip hop. Yeah. So that was like great for them. But I mean, you know, it was kind. It's kind of watered down because they're mob deep mm-hmm. and they're signing. Like I get it. Like it, it was dope. Like it was like Fifty Cent from Queens. Like yeah. it was all the Queens love and everything like that. And and Prodigy was like extremely loyal to Fifty. Yeah, like, they had G Unit tattoos. Yeah, like you know, I mean, shit. The Feds came to him and and well, no, it wasn't the Feds. I forgot. I forgot which one of the three letters came to him according to Prodigy and said, "Yo, set Fifty up. Like let us know like what like if he got guns and like Prodigy refused." And he lived to talk about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, the G Unit run, I really, like, I, I, I thought it was cool for them, mm-hmm. but I didn't care for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's when, it was at that time that, and I guess I'll just add this before we move on, but it was at that time where 50 was just trying to grab everybody. I'll never forget that double XL cover where it was like a, it was like a fold in, yeah. and you pulled out the yeah. rest of the cover, and all these people was on it that was on G Unit. And I'm like, Oh my God, bro! Um, like, he, yeah, he was he's snatching up everybody, right? And I mean, I, I I could tell that he actually liked all the artists that he was. Yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. It was. Remember, remember when Fifty Cent was hanging out with LL Cool J all the time because he was trying to. Yeah, he was trying to. to he was, yeah, album. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> Yo, Fifty was Fifty was on the tear. It's fucking crazy. Bro. Um, Veterans Memorial is the next one because we're gonna skip over Be Cool. Okay. So Veterans Memorial is produced by. The Alchemist. By Alk. Yeah. How we feel about this one? Um, this one was a a, a, a cool tribute. I mean, it mm-hmm. was to like the fall to the fallen soldiers in, you know, in the street. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was it was cool. Like, you know, I think that um that's something that like always probably I think like Prodigy suffer from survivor's remorse. Yeah, I think so too. I think so a lot. Like I think that um he always felt guilty that, like, you know, like, he made it out and a lot of people that were around him um, that were losing their lives, um, he, I think he felt guilty about that. And I, I, you could tell that a lot in his music. Damn. Um, Prodigy shared, like, a take on this on this uh, song from Getting It Made. Okay. He said, uh, I remember when we found Veterans Memorial beat, and he was like, yo, this is perfect, man. I had this song written, and this is the perfect beat. He felt the beat captured what he was trying to say. The song was really emotional. I got this autographed championship jersey from Ron Artest, and it says, To Alchemist, the producer of Veterans Memorial, the best song ever. Wow. Yeah. I guess it hit home because a lot of the people Pete talked about in this song, Ron grew up with them. Yeah, shout out to Ron Artest, a.k.a. Metal Metal World World Peace, Peace. a.k.a. Lakers NBA champion. Yeah, man. (laughs) Can't take that away from him. (laughs) Even though he feels terrible about it, he, no, he don't. He don't feel terrible about the championship. He just, he well, Ron Ron has survivor's remorse as yeah, well. Yeah, From everyone that that was on the Indiana Pacers team mm-hmm. that that wasn't able to go, that went through it. Yeah, he he kind of he kind of did uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Jamal Tinsley, and Reggie Miller dirty. Yeah, man. Um, watch the match. If you guys get <laughs> a chance, Jackson won the championship. He good. Yeah. If you guys get a first. chance, definitely watch the Malice at the Palace documentary on Netflix. Um, I like the other one better. I like the Ron Artest. Oh yeah, Showtime. you did mention that one. I yeah. didn't see that so, one. Sorry, guys. 
and I didn't mean to cut you off. So there's two documentaries, the Malice at the Palace documentary that's produced by Jermaine um, O'Neal that's on Netflix, right? Isn't as detailed as the Ron Artest one that is on Showtime. I promise you, J- Jermaine O'Neal is way more angry on that one, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he was angry on this one, so if he's nah, more, more angry on that one. Like, yo, he... <laughs> Real quick... <laughs> They said that like Jermaine would like try to hang out with Ron, and Ron just refused to be his friend. Damn, like word? Jermaine, like Jermaine, like would try because he was a team captain. Mm. So he would go out his way, like, "Hey, Ron, me and the fellas going out bowling tonight." And Ron would be like, "Nah, that's yeah, cool." Yeah. But yeah, so that's what Ron said, and I just really think like that's hilarious that Ron just did not like fuck with him. That's fucking crazy, and then and then the angle that he was coming from, where he just like was guilty. Like he was sitting there with his championship, guilty as fuck. Yeah, guilty. like feeling guilty as and fuck. That, and that's why when, in his press conference, he he like shouted all of them out and mm-hmm. said thank you and everything like that. Yeah. So, hey, hey man, Queensbridge guys are pretty stand up, man. At least they, they acknowledge <laughs> their their faults. Uh, so the next song, next song is "Do It," features Mike Delorean and it's produced by Rockwaller. Terrible song. Yeah, I don't know what Rockwater was thinking. Rockwater always hate hit and miss. Beat. I hate Rock this Wilder's beat. always hit and miss, and I think because like he really, really goes out there with shit that he wants to produce. Mm-hmm. So I just think that like you either gonna get the Rockwilder. Yeah, yeah. Or you gonna get this shit. Yeah, this is this is not good. I don't like this. Remember he did the Bootylicious remix. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> they had a video to the remix yeah. with Missy, right? Yeah, with me. That shit was yeah. terrible. Um. Littles, the Little skit is interesting. It features Big Noid and Littles, somebody named Littles. Yeah. It's produced by Prodigy. And uh, this Littles person sounds like early Fab. Does. He sounds like early, like Fabulous Sport when, he, when, when that was his name. Yes. Um, I guess he was trying to, this was like the way that people used to intro their artists. They would yeah. just like give them a little, like, like a one minute of like just bars. And then they rap, and then I guess as a listener, you're supposed to be like, yo, who was that? I need more of that. Yeah, that's how we got J Hood. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's how they were trying to give us family, but nothing happened. Damn it. Yeah. I was looking forward to family shit. We all was, man. Um, but that go that takes us into YBE. YBE. YBE is produced by Prodigy and it features BG. See, no, so I'm not um oh. And it's produced, yeah, it's produced by Prodigy, if I didn't say that. I'm not mad at people not liking this song. I understand. But I'm a, I'm a, B, I'm a BG fan. So I'll fuck with this song. I think it's funny how, like, uh, New York artists were, like, picking out, like, their favorite uh, Cash Money rappers. Yeah, yeah. Rappers, and, like, picking them to be on their tracks and shit like that. And the funny thing is, is uh, Nori was the was the the most right. What do you he mean? Got, he got Wayne. On oh, because he got Wayne. So yeah. Nori worked with Wayne. Hove worked with, with Juvenile. Um, who like and 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 Prodigy worked with BG. I forgot who did the song with Turk, but I just think <laughs> I just think it's funny that like you know, Master P wasn't really like handing out the ser- his artist services mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was really fucking fire that like we were giving acknowledgement to these artists from the south. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and like it was kind of like the Hot Boys, kind of like they were like, man, like they were allowed because you know that was the thing. Like you couldn't just work with these niggas. You couldn't just be mm-hmm. like, like how it is now. Like you had to like reach out to the label and be like, hey, I would like a feature and all that shit. Yeah, BG BG was like an early version of Twenty One Savage for me. 
Really? Like, yeah. Like, he's a, he was more flashy, but, like, his rap, his his patterns and his flow. Did you listen to Soldier Slim? I didn't really listen to Soldier Slim like that. Soldier Slim gives me 21 Savage vibes. Oh, word? Mm-hmm. Check him out. All right. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll get into Soldier Slim then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diamond is the next song. Features bars and hooks and is produced by Just Blaze. Not your average Just Blaze production. This is this is just Blaze showing his range, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. He's not a sample biter. He can do other things and on the keyboards. Yeah, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I did enjoy this. I enjoyed this one. I and it it really shocked me that uh, that just Blaze did this production. Um, yeah, it just shows that like just Blaze, like he's a talented producer. Um, also, lets me know that like Prodigy was really getting like. I don't know what the budget was for this. Well, obviously, at this time, like, Just Blaze wasn't Just Blaze. Just Blaze was just a year shy of being Just Blaze because uh, Blueprint came out a year later. Yes. So, like, I just I just always wonder, like, damn, like, this album has some really, like, big, um, like, producers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. If somebody told me that they have... Uh, um, Heavy production from Alchemist, Havoc, and Just Blaze, and Rock Wild on the album. I'll be like, damn, what was the budget? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the early days. Um, but no, I do like this one. Uh, Gunplay is the next one. Gunplay features Big Noid again, and it's produced by Rock Waller. How we feel about this Rock Waller production? It's better than... Uh, than, than it's, it's, it's better than... Uh, what, 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 what was it? Littles? That yeah, Rock Waller yeah. did? Uh, no, he did... Uh, I'll tell you right now. What was the other shit he did? He did... I think it was Do It? Yes, you're right. Yeah. It was Do It. So it's better than Do It, but um, I'm still not impressed. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, where the fuck is Rock Wilder? Does, like, does, I, does he just run a studio I don't now? know. You know what's funny? Like When people... When Versus was in their producer's bag, yeah. people was mentioning Rock Wilder. I wouldn't want to see that. I don't know who he would go against. I don't know either. Yeah, because, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Because people um, was mentioning Trackmasters and... Trackmasters would kill Rockwell. Yeah, they would. But um, I uh, I enjoyed this song. As as time starts winding down for this project, I'm just like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the next track that we're about to get yes. into. Yes, You Can Never Feel My Pain. It's produced by Rick Rude. Um... I like this song a lot. This is this encompasses the kind of artist that the kind of rapper that Prodigy is. Yes. Um cuz Prodigy Prodigy gives you so much. Like he um Yeah. Nobody made like these type of songs. It's reflective, it's gritty, it's unapologetic, it's like dark. It's all those things that like he gave you like little glimpses of in the album, but he really leaned into it on this song. Yeah. Um Prodigy is one of those artists that you could tell, like, the things that he goes through, he's able to um, translate it well into his music. And he's probably, like, I'm, and this is just me assuming, and what I what, what I really want to do is he wrote a book. I'm going to read his book. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's what I meant to ask you earlier if you read his book. I did not. But I, um, as some of you guys know, like, I'm really big on reading autobiographies by people or biographies or, or memoirs. Um, I want to read his book because, like, I want to I want to know... I want to try to find out if he was one of those. You know how some people can't, like, they don't share a lot with people, or they they can't express themselves about mm-hmm. what they're going through, but like they can do it through their art, yeah, through, yeah, through their music. And it, to me, what I gather is that Prodigy probably didn't talk about his feelings or things that he like had to deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. 
maybe early on, maybe as he got older, he was able to like articulate it. Mm-hmm. But you could absolutely tell that like, he was able to get everything out through his music. Yeah, yeah. Whatever I think um, from what I've heard, because I haven't read his autobiography yet either, but from what I heard, it's like one of the best autobiographies, especially in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, because it's super open, and I, he wrote the majority of it when he was locked when, up, yeah, right? When he was locked up, yeah. So, so yeah, so you have nothing but time to reflect when you lock, when yeah, you know, that's a fact in that condition. So I, I can't wait to read it. That's dope. Um, yeah, man. Um, so I wanted to revisit this album because I feel that Prodigy doesn't get talked about enough, and obviously he gets talked about a lot because he passed away. But I think that the stamp that Mob Deep has left impacted on hip, on New York hip hop mainly. But as far as a group or duo, um, my boy Sydney, who's an avid listener to the show, like he always argues that Mob Deep and Outkast are duos and not groups. Groups have to be more than two people, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Mob Deep is are one of the greatest rap groups of all time, mm-hmm. right? Um, their music is kind of the soundtrack to what New York sounds like. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, and I feel that Prodigy is the voice of a lot of people from New York City. So to me, like, if Prodigy was like a superhero, right? And, and the reason why I say this is because you have ground level superheroes, you have get, like astronomical superheroes. Prodigy is like fucking Daredevil, bro. He takes care of his little area, fucking Queensbridge, mm-hmm. and he gets shit fucking done. Now, if you're not into comic books and stuff like that, that won't make a lot of sense to you. But what I'm saying is, is Daredevil, he only fucks with Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. He only worries about that little fucking section of Manhattan. And he just makes sure anybody that comes into Hell's Kitchen, he's going to bust their ass. y'all niggas keep that shit in Queens. (laughs) Yeah. So these blocks right here. You not, not, don't, don't you do it. So for Prodigy, I just feel that like Prodigy has like his niche audience, which is actually a really large audience, right? And he and he just goes to them. He he never strayed away. He never tried anything experimental. And some people would say that's his downfall, but I'll say that's his biggest strength, is that Prodigy was able to speak to an audience that was and, and stay loyal to that and not get out of not get out of the way. And, and you know, um, he's one of the greatest lyricists to ever ever rap. I just think that he doesn't doesn't get his just due. Nigga from Forty First Street. To 59th? <laughs> Don't fuck with that. <laughs> that's 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 my turf. So what's your rating, Reg? Um, I'm gonna go with I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four because it's a great intro to the type of artist that Prodigy is. That's true. And right. um and and if you if you don't get any I don't know if it'll be my my um my recommendation for anyone trying to get into Prodigy's music because I would just tell them to listen to Mob. Mm-hmm. So it's a little tricky, but it has a lot of shit on here that I really fuck with. There's nothing out of 22 tracks. There's maybe maybe six that I don't really fuck with. Okay, so I'm gonna be honest, right? I really, really, really wanted to do this album, and I was really looking forward to it. I have to get this album three and a half waffles out of five. And it's because like there, there's too many tracks on this, and I and I really feel like if he would have cut it down, like it had more of a chance to be more of a perfect album. Mm-hmm. Some people don't mind filler tracks though, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, on this album, like he left a lot. He left. He, he he gave us too much. And what I'm saying is that certain tracks just absolutely weren't needed. Um, and 
he could have condensed it because some of the production on this album is so fucking good. Yeah. It seems like Prodigy just wanted to use everything that he had that he recorded for the album. Yeah, yeah. He didn't fucking have to. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it it's just one of those things. But I will say that this album... This album was a part of like one of the greatest runs of hip hop for an artist because to cap off that year, like I said again, like I begin, like I said at the beginning, he was named the Sources Lyricist of the Year, mm-hmm. and what he did with Keep It Thorough, having no hook, getting mad radio play, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just goes to show you, like you know, what I'm saying his artistry and what kind of what kind of artist he was. So I got to give him that, and yeah. Um, Rest in peace to Prodigy. Um, Rest in I peace. really, really enjoyed this album. And one other thing, when I used to party promote, my friend Dax was really, really close to Prodigy. So he mm. would bring Prodigy out all the time. And I regret so much that I never walked up to Prodigy and shook his hand. Prodigy is so standoffish and like just unapproachable that you just don't and like mind you, like I'm a big dude. Like I just didn't want to bother Prodigy. I wasn't yeah, scared. Yeah, yeah. I just like he just he just I was like, yo, it don't look like he enjoys being in the club. It looks like he just here, like niggas. Like I feel like it looked like he was like in the sp- in the sprinter van with niggas. And they was like, yo, we gotta go somewhere. And they just made like, come on, man, just come to the club with us. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. shout out to his man, Bully. Bully is my boy. Like I fucks with you, Bully. That was that was Prodigy doesn't right here, man. I used to always be with Prodigy him, doesn't strike me as the club friendly type. Yeah, he did not. Nah, he literally would go. And the funny thing is, he would smoke bogeys in the club. It would be fucking hilarious. This nigga just smoking cigarettes in the club while everybody's popping. So yo, if I shit. can, I have to be me where I yeah. go. Yeah, like he, like I, I'll say that much. Like he was always cool. Like you know what I'm saying. Like, and I would see him out with Dax. Um, Dax couldn't make it for this this uh, interview. You remember Dax, right? Yeah, I know yeah, Dax. My man, mm-hmm. Dax Empire. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's that's just my my closing statement. On rest that. in rest in peace to Prodigy. Uh, I have been first class Reg. And I'm Tori and B. We are out of here. Hey, Rez, you shave your balls? I do shave my balls. (laughs) 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 I do.